Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day, and we're glad you joined us here for the conversation. We're exploring the book of 2 Peter and learning what it means to grow in grace. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Welcome back, friends, to today's episode of Everyday Truth. So glad you joined us for another installment of our study of the book of 2 Peter. Got this great new coffee mug I wanted to show you. It's from the Ark Encounter. Just was given to me by some dear friends. Love that place, the Ark Encounter. I, I don't know if you've ever been there, but uh, it, that is an amazing exhibit to, to see. And uh, we've been talking about the flood a little bit in this chapter in reference to the fact that God's promises sometimes seem as if they're not on our timetable. They certainly aren't on our timetable, and this is a good thing. So why then does God sometimes delay in his promises? Sometimes it seems as if God is not working and evil is winning, and why all of this is happening? And Peter is talking about that in in chapter number three. And yesterday we uh, answered the question a bit with, with this verse, beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. So certainly God's timetable is not our timetable. So why? What is at least one reason why God sometimes delays in the promises that he makes? Watch what it says in verse number nine. One of my favorite verses in all the Bible is verse number nine. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. I love that verse. I've quoted it time and time again. The Lord is not slack concerning his promises. Sometimes we get this idea that God made a promise way back when. It hasn't happened. Maybe God forgot. Maybe God is lax. Maybe God is just not... Uh, a person of his word like we thought he was. Well, of course, all of that's ridiculous even to say. No, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but he is long-suffering. One of the key reasons why we see that the judgment of God has not come to this earth. Remember, we talked about God's word was instrumental in creation, and God's word was instrumental in the judgment of the flood upon the earth many years ago. And God's word will again be brought to bear in judgment upon this world uh, one day. So why? why? Why then does it seem like it's taking so long? What a good reason is because there are people that need to be saved. Uh, God is long-suffering. He's merciful. And don't you love how Peter included himself in that? God is long-suffering to us word. Peter included himself in that. Boy, I'm so glad that the Lord was merciful. I'm so glad that the Lord uh, was long-suffering. And so Peter included himself in that, that great characteristic of God and all that it means to us. And sometimes we look at our present circumstances and we say, well, Lord, I just, I want this to be over. I, I want G- just Jesus to come back right now. And I want all this to end. And yet one of the reasons why things sometimes don't happen in our timetable is because there are people yet unsaved. 
of people that, that yet would be saved, that, that should be saved and could be saved. And God is expressing a measure of long suffering uh, the longer that he waits. It's a, it's a great perspective check, isn't it? The Lord's not slack concerning his promise, but is long suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. What a great statement about the character of God. You know, God never, God's not a God that arbitrarily chose to create some people that he would delight to send to hell and some people that he delights to send to heaven. Nothing can be farther from the truth. That's, that's a, a crazy doctrine to think of that. No, God is not willing that any should perish. Uh, God, sent, God loved the world. He so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son. Now, people will end up going to hell and people certainly will be consigned forever to a godless place in the lake of fire, but not because God wants that, not because God's willing for that to happen. God allows that because God has allowed human beings to have human will. But God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance, that all would come to that change of heart and mind, that all would follow Jesus, that none would uh, reject the free offer of, of eternal life that God has made to us through his son, Jesus. What a wonderful and encouraging verse, uh, verse nine is. Now, with all that in mind, that God's timetable is not our timetable. Sometimes it seems as if things are unfolding much slower than we think maybe they should. God is long suffering, but watch now verse number 10. But, do you see that? Verse number 10, but. So in contrast with this waiting, in contrast with the long suffering, all of that, but, but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night into which the heaven shall pass away with a great noise and the element shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are, uh, that are therein shall be burned up. So let, lest we err on the side of, well, you know, God's long suffering and the promises of God take time and we probably have plenty of time. No, that, that's the opposite side of the spectrum. We shouldn't be having that attitude either because the day of the Lord will come and it's going to come suddenly like a thief in the night. So when the Bible here in verse number 10 talks about the day of the Lord coming, is that a reference to a particular day, like July 17th, 2024. Is, is that what that means? No, it, it's not a reference to necessarily a, a date on the calendar. The day of the Lord refers to that future time period in which God will again, in a much more demonstrable way, uh, take, uh, take uh, supernatural control of future events. So the day of the Lord, that's, that was a poor way to explain it, but the day of the Lord begins with the rapture when Jesus comes back into the clouds to claim those of us that are his own uh, into the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. So the day of the Lord begins with the rapture of the church, but it doesn't culminate until the the new heavens and the new earth, the new Jerusalem, Revelation 21 and 22. And so that'll encompass a long period of time. If you think about the rapture and then the seven year tribulation period on planet earth, 
and then the millennial reign of Christ, a thousand years, and then the um, the final destruction of Satan and those that follow him, the great white throne judgment, uh, the heavens and earth, which are now are passed away. They flee from before him, the Bible says in Revelation uh, chapter 20. And then there's new heavens and a new earth and a new Jerusalem. So the day of the Lord uh, is well over a thousand years long. But that day, that era is coming and it could be inaugurated, I mean, just in the blink of an eye. Is it not interesting as well that when Peter talks about the day of the Lord, he talks about the end of the day of the Lord, the kind of the ending of that day. So the beginning of that day is, as I said, the rapture and much will happen on planet earth while we are in heaven at the judgment seat of Christ and the marriage supper of the lamb uh, on earth will be the tribulation period and the antichrist. And we talked all about this in our study of the book of Revelation. If you've not heard that study, you ought to go back and listen to it uh, when you can. But then uh, after the tribulation, Jesus will return to this earth and then set up his rule and reign. Those of us that will come from heaven with him will rule and reign with him in our glorified bodies on earth. And there will be those that, uh, that we, we will rule and reign here, that will live in the millennial reign of Jesus Christ. That doesn't mean it'll be a perfect earth. It'll be a better earth. Uh, Jesus will rule and reign. Some, some aspects of the planet will change, but it'll be the same old earth that we know today. But after that thousand years, and when the Satan is finally put down, loosed for a season, and when the heavens and the earth are ultimately destroyed, when they flee away, when they dissolve, that's what the Bible talks about here in 2 Peter chapter 3, then God will make new heavens and a new earth. He makes all things new. That's what he told us through Isaiah the prophet. And a new Jerusalem comes down from God out of heaven. There's no vestige of the curse there's no residual, uh, there's, no, there's no residue of that which is sinful. It will all be made new. So we are new. We know that. Our, our spirit is new. Our body is new. Our home is new. Our future is new. So Peter kind of makes that appeal and says, listen, if everything tangible in this world is going to go away, everything, everything you see, Everything that we apprehend by our senses, we taste and feel and smell and hear and, and, and see and touch and all of that, if it's all going to go away, everything you've ever touched, every building you've ever seen, every tree that you've ever um, visualized, every mountain, everything, every star, every planet, it's all going to be dissolved. Uh, we can take nothing. It's all going to go away. So if, if that really be true, then how should we be living? What should we be investing in? Uh, what should be the priorities of our life? So these are the questions that he's about to ask us. And these are great questions. Remember, Peter is writing to people that are going through intense suffering. And he's showing them, I know it seems really bad and like we're really losing, but nothing in this world is, is eternal. And nothing in this world that's tangible is going to last. We've got a far better future. Trust God. That day is coming. And we ought to live for that day, not this day. 
Well, that's uh, about all the time we have for today. So we're going to stop there in verse number 10 might revisit it for just a second as we begin next episode. Hope you'll join us. We're right down toward the end of the book. Looking forward to these these, uh, last few verses. Thanks for listening today. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.